He's tackled. Plays it now to Halliwell. Halliwell dumps under Tom Halliwell. The England captain has just scored the try with three minutes remaining. Look at the reaction. England are two and a half minutes away. England are the World Cup champions for the first time since 2008. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. What do you got for us there, Dino? Now, one of our favourite trainers, yeah. the great Terry Evans up great there at Great man, Terry. Up Fantastic Beautiful trainer. part of the world, Tuncan. Terrific bloke. Mm. He says, mate, if you can't afford upmarket beer for Ray, <laughs> I will take a collection up in Tun Curry and send it down. Ray deserves only the best. Oh, Terry, Thanks for your good support, man. Terry. This is creating massive controversy, yeah. Dino. What about this one mm. in regards to our talk topic from mm. Tom? Ray and Dean, what odds buzz? Says his favourite restaurant is the Man Lin Wa at Cronulla Leagues Club. Should let's, we find out? Let's ask him. Phil Buzz Rothfield, good morning. Is that correct? What was that, guys? The King Wan? We've got here the Min Li Wa. Where's that, Bulldog? Well, uh, Tom, who lives in the Shire, says it's at Cronulla Leagues. That doesn't sound right the to Man me. The Man Lin Wa. Buzz. Cronulla Leagues been closed for two years. So, okay. Um, Tom's <laughs> off the place. If that was us, Tom would text in and pick us up. But anyway, we won't be like yeah, Tom. You know I've got the King One uh, tattooed on my uh, left calf. Oh, really? Why is that, Buzz? Oh, well, when we won the Premiership in um, 2016, I decided to get a tattoo and um, there was nothing like watching a Sharks game at home and then going for Chinese food afterwards. So. Ta- so what does the tattoo say? Uh, and I actually thought I might get a little bit of a discount if I'm advertising their restaurant on my leg. <laughs> Didn't work? I think, gave, I think he gave me 10% off on my birthday. A couple so. of dim sims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Buzz, well... well what, I'm sleepy today, boys. I, I watched the Jillaroo. Oh, OK. Well, I said to Dean at the start of the show that they are one of the great sporting teams, both male and female in the world right now, the Jillaroos. Yeah, it was a really, really fantastic display. As you know, they had a really tight meeting early in the tournament, and I was expecting that the final would be very mm. similar. But that, they're just a fantastic side. They really are, and they use the football beautifully. Their, uh, Ali Brigginshaw, her kicking game was just sensational. Our centres were just too strong, um, Sergis and, and Cohen. No, it was, it was a really great to watch that style of football they play. And mm. It's interesting. I've got a story in my column this week that uh, there is going to be a bit of a pay dispute um, as part of the collective bargaining agreement around the girls. Um, just to give your listeners some detail, they've got an $800,000 salary cap for the women's competition, 10 teams next year. Now, it also has a minimum wage of 30000 and 24 players. So that comes to 720000 So what it means is the elite players who are doing such great stuff in Origin and playing for the Jillaroos last night are going to be taking substantial pay cuts to stay in the sport. I'm hearing the Australian Rugby Union, they missed out on the medal at the last Olympics and they're planning now for uh, Paris in 2024 have their eyes on three or four of the best female rugby league athletes with big money offers. And I think it'd be such a shame because Mm. it's 
such a huge growth area of our sport. And um, I hope they can get that salary cap and the men sorted out ASAP. Buzz, Tom is one of our loyal listeners. Always picks us up when we have a blue. That's fair enough. Yeah, that's okay. And he's actually conceded, to his credit, Bulldog, I'll correct myself. I screwed that up. I got mixed up with the Chinese restaurant at Miranda. Yeah, Buzz, you, that's why he didn't understand it, because Tom got it wrong. Buzz, I thought James Tedesco was absolutely brilliant, and I said to Michael Hagan, a lot of chit-chat in the last few weeks about Joey Manu being the Roosters fullback in the future. Tommy Best Turbo, fullback. Tommy Turbo. Uh, Joseph Suali'i. But Teddy just gave us all a reminder that he's still the king when it comes to fullbacks. Yeah, he is. But last year, um, Tommy Turbo was the king, wasn't he? Mm. And Valley M players. Such, I, I can't believe the strength of that position. All my time covering the game, I've never, ever seen as much depth in the fullbacks. And you can go down to the top 10 and you've got to forget about the bloke we left at home. Dylan Edwards, stop. Mm. Yes. Dylan Edwards mm. won the Clive Churchill medal and the Penrith Player of the Year by the length of Penrith Park. And it's funny you mentioned Tedesco because I'm doing the top 50 plays in the NRL later this week. And it's on form from this year. So you judge Tedesco on his 25 rounds in the finals and origin and kangaroos. But, you know, geez, it's hard. You've got mm. Nathan Cleary. Into the second, you got Joey Manu, you got Munster, Jerome Luai, Latrell when he switched on. Mm. It is a really, really hard task, but I agree. He was just outstanding to this yeah. guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was he really fam- was. And yeah. You know when he became a great leader, guys? I think he became a great leader last year. When the Roosters were away in COVID lockdown in camp in Queensland, and they lost what, half their side? or All the injuries, yeah. yeah. And he carried that side, and his leadership was just outstanding throughout, you know. And look, the, the Roosters didn't have their greatest season, but they were torn apart by injuries, and it would have been much worse if mm. he hadn't been around. But look, that was a great performance. You know what I'm thinking about, guys? And I, I still... You know, I'm being a bit of a narc here, but I still get dirty that we lost the State of Origin series this year. And I look at that Australian side and I look at Reed and Campbell Gillard's game. And he made, he topped the metres easily, far and away, the only Australian forward to make more than 100 metres last night. And I'm dirty he wasn't in that new set. The same with Jack White. Josh had car. Well, yeah, but Jack White and Ray could have been in game three. He missed mm. two because he had COVID. He was our best player. Then Josh Adokar, you spoke to people. And look, I speak to people around Latrell Mitchell. And they tell me if Freddie had gone knocking on his door and said, mate, come on, we need you, he would have played. Mm. But I've been an arc, aren't I? Because I... I but it's a, I think it's a discussion point. I really do. It'll be interesting next year. Hey, Buzz. What do you think, Pup? Yeah, yeah oh, look, hindsight's always easy, Buzz. Every player you mentioned are State of Origin players. I didn't stick up I for Freddie, Buzz. I, I didn't stick up for Freddie. My only argument at the time was that we had one game two so convincingly, I did think that Freddie would say, okay, you've looked we'll after stick. me in Perth. Yeah. We'll stick with you guys yeah. for the decider. But... Yeah, that doesn't always Josh resonate Adokar. as being right. Mm. That was just my theory. But Josh Adokar's the best winger in the world by a mile now. Yes. 
And I say, Campbell Gillard turns up every week for Australia on this tour. He, mm. You know, he, him and Paulo took Parramatta into the grand final. I know they got rolled. He turned up every week for Parramatta, Bugs. I saw him every week just about, and he doesn't yeah. play a bad game. No, I, I really think there's a lot Brandy and Freddie can learn from this Australian side. And to pick players who can buy into a team culture because mm. th- there were concerns of whether Campbell Gillard actually fitted in and um, and, and Addo Carr. I, I just think they'd be wonderful additions. I absolutely guarantee if the Blues have got four, those four players I spoke about, White and Campbell Gillard, Addo Carr and Latrell, next year we will beat Queensland. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. Hey, Buzz, you just mentioned that word culture. I don't know if you heard a lot of the Michael Hagan interview, but um, I asked him about something that James Tedesco brought up an interview post the World Cup final and he was asked about how they'd manage a team that is so laden with superstars as this kangaroo side is and and Big Mal right from the start said egos are out the door we play as one team and we play together and they're a young side a relatively young side yes next four or five years they could become one of the great kangaroo teams yeah look Dog, I'm writing my column about this tomorrow and it stems from a sit-down interview I did with Mal Meninga and his first week in the job in 2016 and he spoke then about the kangaroo's jersey and whether it lost its aura, whether it lost its... Um, mm. you know, its aura, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and whether this team had lost its DNA. And Mal spoke at the time then that the modern-day young footballer a state of origin was so big, they were putting maroons and blues jerseys ahead of the green and gold jersey. And I mm. actually agree with him back then. Everyone just wanted to play origin. And he got the senior players in. He got Thurston in and he got Cameron Smith in. He got Billy Slater, Paul Gallen and, you know, all the, the leading players then. And he spoke about that the language in the game back then was all about origin. And he explained to him to them that when he retired, the jersey that meant most to him, it, it meant that you were the very best player in your time, in your position, was the Australian jersey. And it was all about what you're speaking about, Tedesco's, mm. and the, the, there's no ego in this side. There's, they've built a really, really good culture, and I'm going to compare that culture to the All Blacks. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just gold what he's done with this side. And, and you talk, and, and the All Blacks have been renowned for having great leaders, so great people who can set the example. And I'll, I'll be saying that there's now, when Fidesco goes, even, there are four outstanding captaincy candidates. There'll be Cameron Murray, Isaiah Yeo, Nathan Cleary, and I'm a huge fan of Patrick Carrigan. Mm. And this is what Mal's built. It's, it's just fantastic. Look, there was a lot of ring rust early in this tournament. They didn't play through COVID, and this was a new side, and you had to gel them, but they hit full throttle in the first half last night and, or early this morning, and it was a good brand of footy they played. Mm. Young Cleary uh, stepped up, and it was terrific. You know, Latrell's couple of tries, and... They were great yeah. to watch here. Yeah, great to hey Buzz, you, you talk about leaders. I'll just change tact a little bit, and if we can uh, mention a man who had a great, 
big influence on your career, Dino's career and my career, and um, Roy Rocky Miller, he, um, who passed away last week. His lovely daughter, Christy, works with us. And you talk about leaders of men. Um, that's what Rocky Miller was, Buzz. Yeah, he was. And I, I've written a tribute to Rocky in the column today, uh, Ray. And um, Rocky was 77. And I, I, I said, it. look, I learnt more from his weekly Sunday Telegraph editorial meetings that I've I've learned from anyone else in 46 years of journalism. He was a fanatical news chaser and innovator. I told the story that back in the 80s, no one kept rugby league statistics. Jack Gibson brought tackle counts into the game from America, uh, from Gridiron. And I remember him in his coaching box, he'd have two committeemen there and they'd count the tackle counts for the Parramatta players and they'd hand them out in the dressing room after the game to the media. Roy Miller said, well, he said, why don't we do this? Every club should do it. So all clubs didn't want to catch on to it and didn't. So Roy sent copy boys out. There every <laughs> Monday, published the tackle count of every single player in the competition. It was real groundbreaking newspaper mm. stuff at the time was so, so popular. And, uh, look, it was St George tragic. I've told the story today about Ray Hadley and how he's instrumental in Bolts' early career. That When Ray started out at 2UE, in the ratings by at the great Zorba and um, Hollywood, Greg Hartley, and he, he didn't have a huge identity in the game. So he came into Holt Street, I can clearly remember it, and he said to Roy Miller, he said, I need a column, Roy. Um, I, I really need credibility in this city. I, I really want to become a voice in rugby league. I write a column for free. Rocky said, you start next Sunday, but I'm not paying you. Mm. And what happened, that was the biggest selling newspaper that Rocky was running in the country and it helped Hadley become a voice and a really enormous figure that he is in not just rugby league, but in the general public now. And yeah. He was a great mentor to me, you, Bulldog, um, Chippy Fralingos, everyone. And um, I was, I, I look back with enormous pride that, you know, all us guys that were, were very young at the time had leadership that only Rocky could provide. And, uh, yeah, a great man and uh, will certainly be there at his uh, send-off on Tuesday in Cronulla. Buzz, just before we let you go, you got a nice touching couple of paragraphs too on uh, Donna Walsh, who is the yeah. daughter of Ian, who's helping out there at Ugara with the floods. Yeah, it's a special story, Bulldog. Ian Walsh, rugby league legend, came from Ugara, a town that's been completely wiped out in the floods, and Ian's daughter Donna still lives in the area. And she's turned to rugby league in the huge recovery operation they're facing to, to try and help out. She's not after money. She's after manpower. She's hoping some NRL stars before they get back to training can all jump on a bus and um, head to town um, and help this clean-up clean up operation. The numbers, her phone number's there in my column if anyone would like to help out. I, I know Ian Walsh... Um, gave a lot to rugby league as an Australian, New South Wales and George player and I really hope rugby league rally, they normally do in times of crisis like this and great woman Donna Walsh to be so proactive in the manner in which she is with mm. this uh, 
with this flood recovery. Yeah, Buzz, we, we heard from Michael Dummis, the of the Harness Racing Code are doing their thing. I know the Australian Turf Club and Racing New South Wales are doing their thing. Other sporting codes will get behind it. But I think the wider community in general are getting behind those people who have been so badly affected by these oh, floods. Like I had mm. to publish Donna's phone number, which I don't normally do, which insisted because they've got no Wi-Fi. She yeah. can't get emails, you know, and mm. no food or shops. The town's been wiped out. If you, if you saw the video, it's like a tsunami. There, yeah. you know, like. And there's other towns going through something similar. So we are thoughts go out to them. Hey, Buzz, yeah. appreciate as always on a Sunday morning. Um, mate, we'll talk next week. Get some sleep, Buzz. Yeah, I will. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Thanks, Buzz. See you guys.